Welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate. Good afternoon. I am Tracy Yost, Director of Professional Standards and Risk Management for St. Louis Realtors. Today, we are chatting about the St. Louis Realtors Consistent Regulations Task Force, uh, focusing on the challenges it's seeking to address, the reason it was created, and how it's evolved. With me to discuss the work of the task force are its co-chairs and its staff liaison. Katie Berry is a co-chair of the task force and the president-elect of St. Louis Realtors. Welcome, Katie. Thanks, Tracy. Glad to be here. We also have with us Randy Alanese, who is also a co-chair of the task force and a member of the board of directors for St. Louis Realtors. Welcome, Randy. Thank you, Tracy. Lastly, we have with us Charlie Hinderleiter, Director of Government Affairs at St. Louis Realtors and the staff liaison for the Consistent Regulations Task Force. Welcome, Charlie. Thanks, Tracy. Katie, let's uh, start with you. Would you give us a short summary of how the task force came to be? Yeah, Tracy. So in September of 2019, the Advocacy Committee for St. Louis Realtors created a St. Louis City County Governmental Reform Task Force in the wake of the failure of Better Together and in anticipation of the creation of a board of freeholders. While the board of freeholders never really gained its full membership, the task force, co-chaired by Randy Alanese and myself, and facilitated by Missouri Realtors CEO John Seabree, has met over the last year and a half The task force surveyed the membership on issues related to fragmentation and received more than 500 member responses. After analyzing the survey results, the task force met with experts, including leaders from the Municipal League and Beyond Housing. The group was renamed the Consistent Regulations Task Force in the fall of 2020 as its focus narrowed to St. Louis County as a starting point rather than the larger region. That's very interesting, Katie. Thank you. Randy, would you tell us about the membership of the task force? Hey, Tracy, sure, I'd love to. Um, This year, there are 16 members of the task force. And in selecting the membership of the task force, we really focused on diversity in in a number of ways. Uh, We wanted racial and gender uh, diversity, but we also wanted a mix of commercial and residential realtors, as well as St. Louis City and county residents. Uh, The task force currently includes one elected official, two former elected officials, three past presidents of St. Louis Realtors, and two past presidents of our commercial division. So let's take a step back and talk about the challenge of fragmentation in St. Louis. Randy? The fragmentation in St. Louis has been with us for years. And we wanted to take a look at the, the larger picture, and we really believe that, that with St. Louis Realtors being the largest trade association in the area, um, that we can have a voice in addressing the policies and issues that affect uh, our membership, the uh, residential and commercial property owners, and economic development in the region. And uh, so that's really where we're coming from with our task force. Thank you. What about you, Katie? Well, Tracy, to me, when I look at the need for some more consistent regulations throughout St. Louis, I look at how it affects my my professional business. And 
here in St. Louis, we have over 90 municipalities and all of those have different occupancy processes. And some of them even have fire districts with inspections. Um, so even in the best of times, it can be a lot of work for realtors to keep track of which inspections are needed where. And then in spring of 2020, of course, we had the pandemic hit. And suddenly municipalities for the safeties of their inspectors and for homeowners, we're starting to revamp the inspection process. Uh, some of them changed how they were doing it. Some of them changed when they were doing it. Some even started canceling them altogether. So now, and now instead of just knowing those 90 municipal, those 90 municipalities and what we need where, those are all now changing immediately. And some of those offices are closed because people were coming into work. So to get a hold of the inspectors could be a challenge. In some places that they even changed multiple times. So for clients who we had under contract who needed to get that inspection done within a certain time frame, it became a real challenge because there was not just one place for us to call to get the answers to how we could do uh, get these occupancies done while staying in in contract. And so it it really created a lot of extra legwork. So the pan when the pandemic hit, it really showed me the need to have one overarching body that could address those changes on a quick way without creating a, a lot of unnecessary headache for sellers. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Charlie, what do you have to say about the municipal surveys? I've had the, the good fortune of um, teaching a CE course here at St. Louis Realtors about legislation affecting homeownership. And I get to talk to new member orientation and, and with a variety of members. And one of the things that I consistently hear in terms of what are members' challenges when it comes to working with governments, it's the fragmentation in St. Louis. So before I came on board, years before, um, St. Louis Realtors started doing what we call our municipal survey, where we reach out to the 90 governments of St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and the 88 municipalities to say, hey, how do you guys do different things, whether that's sign ordinances, sign ordinances, rental uh, registration, um, all sorts of different things, occupancy permit requirements, so that we can try to give our members uh, a leg up in terms of how to navigate that. But we know that navigation is a problem. And in fact, um, the second uh, episode of this podcast was talking about that municipal survey. So we'll drop a link to that in the description here if you want to go back and take a listen to that too. Very interesting. Okay. So tell me about how St. Louis Realtors got started the ball rolling in this current effort and seeking more consistent business regulations. Randy? Uh, the process uh, really started when the St. Louis Realtors created our policy agenda back in 2018. We set one policy priority which has remained our top priority since then. And here's what the Ad Advocacy Committee developed and our uh, board of directors approved it. Uh, let me just read it for you here real quick. Uh, the association supports regional government reform through the streamlining of service provision throughout the St. Louis metropolitan region and the development of more consistent business regulations. We support a local government structure which delivers services throughout the region in an equitable fashion, and that will support business and commerce by removing artificial barriers and constraints. For the economic outlook of the region, it is important for the St. Louis metropolitan 
metropolitan area to be accurately ranked on national statistic reports, highlighting the safety, health, and wealth of our region, as well as have the ability to substantively address regional issues. And our listeners can find our policy agenda on uh, stlrealtors.com, which obviously is our website, and we'll also link it um, to the, uh, or in the episode description here. Thank you, Randy. Charlie, um, how did the conversations around the Better Together proposal and the Board of Freeholders that Katie mentioned earlier play into this? So um, I'm a professional political nerd, so let's take a step back. We're going to go back to 1876. Uh, That's when we had what we call the Great Divorce, where St. Louis City and St. Louis County were separated. Um, And it seems like every 20 or 30 years, there's a new attempt to bring them back together. Happened in the 1920s, happened in the 1930s, happened in the 50s, happened in the 80s, and again uh, here in, in 2019. And in fact, in the 1980s, what has become St. Louis Realtors and was a different name at that point in time was actually a supporter of the effort. Um, in the 1980s that would have changed how St. Louis County is governed. Uh, but indeed, that obviously didn't pass. Um, so in 2019, we had this proposal come out from Better Together, and they'd presented to our urban affairs forums. Um, they had presented to our board of directors and advocacy committee, and they kept us kind of in the loop in terms of what was happening. Um, at the end of the day, we did not end up supporting the Better Together proposal. We wanted to wait and see how that played out. And, and, and in fact, it, it failed in, in a somewhat spectacular fashion um, where it was it was very controversial. Um, but that, I think, kind of kicked off a conversation that, you know, is, is a fairly regular conversation to have in St. Louis about how we govern. And St. Louis, we've got a 15 county uh, metropolitan statistical area. It's a large region. But a lot of the focus of that conversation is around that relationship between St. Louis City and St. Louis County. Uh, the Municipal League of Metro St. Louis was opposed to Better Together. That's a group made up of the mayors and um, municipalities, the 88 uh, municipalities across St. Louis County. Um, and they came up with a counter, I guess, process, not exactly a proposal. And that was to create a board of freeholders. This is somewhat of an arcane constitutional provision in the Missouri Constitution where this board can be created with eight appointees from St. Louis County, eight from the city and one from the governor. Um, that can reshape uh, governance across St. Louis City and County. Um, there have been multiple Board of Freeholders called. Only one ever passed uh, what it was seeking to do, and that was in the 1950s. And that's how we got MSD, the Metropolitan Sewer District. That came out of a Board of Freeholders. Um, the one in the 1980s that I mentioned earlier failed, um, and certainly uh, a, a number of others have as well. But the challenge that we ran into this time is that the county appointed eight uh, appointees, and we were very grateful that um, County Executive Page appointed Katie Ferrand, a realtor, as one of the members of, of the Board of Freeholders. Um, the governor appointed his one, and Mayor Cruson appointed her eight from um, St. Louis City, but the St. Louis City Board of Aldermen never confirmed those. So out of those 19 members, nine got seated, and the rest didn't. And what that meant is that they had an uh, one year to do their business, and that clock ran out um, at this point six-plus months ago. So we thought a board of freeholders was going to come and they were going to create a proposal of some nature. And we wanted to make sure that we had input into that. But again, as it turns out, uh, that board of freeholders just didn't come to be. Thank you for the historical knowledge on that, uh, Charlie. So after two failed efforts to reform the governmental structures of St. Louis City County, the task force kept working. So how did that shape the conversation? Randy? 
Well, it was very important for us to survey our membership. We wanted to know what our members felt about, obviously, better together, but also uh, freeholders, and just that that whole conversation that that took place. And so we did that. We sent out a survey to everyone. Uh, We received 535 responses, which was a great uh, response rate. Uh, So that gave us a lot of information. So we took that information and uh, to use within our task force. Uh, John Seabree, who, as Katie earlier said, is a CEO of Missouri Realtors. Uh, John's an excellent facilitator, and he has worked with us every step of the way uh, to help us focus the conversation on the areas where we have the greatest expertise and relevance. And so now we're, we are looking to just find even these bite-sized pieces, these, these areas that are feasible for us to, to have an impact in and still make a meeting, meaningful change for our members, uh, for the residents of the region, and to help us make us, make us more competitive uh, in an economic development setting. Okay, so Katie, what's the task force working on now here in the first half of 2021? The Consistent Regulations Task Force is working on developing a strategy to work towards the goal of more consistent regulations across St. Louis County. The task force's focus is really twofold. One, we're overseeing some research projects, and two, an engagement process to talk to other stakeholders to identify possible areas where we can make an impact. Alongside the work of the task force, St. Louis Realtors is proud to be now leading the Regional Permitting Collaborative, which is now working with the St. Louis County Executive's Office and the Department of Public Works to simplify and move their permitting process online, which will be a big help to many of us. That sounds like it. Uh, Thanks, Katie. So, Charlie, would you tell us a little bit about the Regional Permitting Collaborative and how that plays into this conversation? Absolutely. So this was born out of a conversation probably a decade ago now about how can we be more competitive from an economic development perspective as a region. And so uh, there's an effort ongoing. Uh, St. Louis Realtors was a founding member of this, along with a number of other organizations. And in uh, the fall of last year, I took over as chair of this effort. Um, And the goal is to create a one stop shop for electronic permitting and plan review. And we actually have a podcast that's going to dig into this topic in a much greater detail. So that episode will be coming up soon. Uh, So be sure to check the podcast feed for that. And you can learn a lot more about what that looks like. Well, I want to thank you all, all of you for being here today. Katie, do you have any parting words for um, the audience? Thanks, Tracy. Well, I would just say that the Consistent Regulations Task Force is continuing to meet and to determine what our next steps are. And so I would encourage everyone to stay tuned to a future podcast episode where they can hear more about the exciting work we're doing at St. Louis Realtors. Well, I thank all of our guests today, Randy Alanese, Katie Berry, and Charlie Hinderleiter. Thank you. I'm Danielle Finley, and this is Realtor Party Talk, a brief segment with members like you discussing advocacy issues and the importance of the Realtor Political Action Committee, or RPAC. Joining me today is Michelle Walker, broker of STL Buy and Sell. I want to ask you a question about RPAC for our listeners here today. Why do you invest as an RPAC major investor? So the Realtor Political Action Committee, it helps us to have an impact. Legislative policies have a huge impact on our our industry. And 
it takes money for us to be able to influence the outcomes. While I don't like the reality that money plays such a huge role in politics, that is the reality of it. So I invest in RPAC at a higher level because it protects my ability to be successful as a realtor. Things such as being essential during a pandemic, making sure that loans don't require 20% down payment. Those sorts of things are really important to me. RPAC has also supported me personally and helped me to be elected to the Francis House School Board on two different occasions. I love supporting realtor champions. And I really think that it's important to put my money where my mouth is. So not only can I give vocal support and support realtor champions on social media and by helping others to know who I think they should vote for, I think that it's really critical to make sure that I'm investing in our pack uh, because investing in our pack is investing in the future of our profession. Thank you, Michelle. You just listened to Realtor Party Talk. Thank you for listening to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. Join us next time for more on real estate news, trends, and industry insights. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate.